what you create is incredible. Remember that. Keep that. Don't sell out. Make art. Do what you're good at. Keep going. Keep going. Never stop. Welcome to Darken the Page, a podcast for lovers of writing and the creative process. And now, here's your host, Dave Buda. Welcome back to Darken the Page. Today's episode is with my wife and my partner in life, Paula, and her pen name, Paula Padmakshi. And so I'm really excited to have her on. Uh, we just finished recording. She's actually sitting here right next to me, listening to me record this in, in this intro. And it was just a really beautiful, deep conversation. I, I'm just in love with the way she explains her process. Um, a couple of things that we talk about, which I think are really useful, is how she moves through whatever's present and explores the truth of this moment. That's there was a phrase that came out that that is really beautiful, which is what is the truth of this moment? And that as a prompt for for writing poetry. And so I was really excited about that. Mm. I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you want to go to the show notes, go to darkenthepage.com slash zero three one. And I'll include links and links to her poetry and ways to contact her. Enjoy the show. I'm here today with someone who's very special to me. Aww. I'm here with my wife, Paula, and I'm really excited to have her be a part of the show. Um, lately, especially, uh, your poetry has just been really amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been writing a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm really excited to talk to you about your writing process and just excited to have you here in general. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's really a privilege. I'm a great fan of the show, and to be on here is is a blessing. It's wonderful. Thank mm. you. I was really when you said that the other day that you actually really saw you you thought this was a privilege to be on, and I was like, oh my god, I didn't I didn't really see that. What What do you like about this show? <clears throat> well, First I, what, question. What do I not like about the show? Um, you know, I just so love hearing about the creative process from different people. I have my own way of tapping into the zone and to my own creativity and to hear others share their own direct experiences of that. It's just really fascinating. And then seeing parallels. Oh, my God, I do that. Wow, I, I feel that vibration move through my body. Oh, my God, I... I also find that having beautiful environments support me and then hearing you and your fascination and um, just hearing what a great host you are and how you really bring out the juice out of people is, is really awesome. Oh, I really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. I knew you would. <laughs> so you've been doing just different, bunch of different writings over mm-hmm. the course of your life and mm-hmm. Would you say that now poetry is kind of the main thing that you're doing? I mean, so just give me a little like background on mm-hmm. on how you've seen yourself as a writer, mm. you know, in in recent history. Just kind of like a quick mm-hmm. one. How how I see that is that different writing wants to come through me at different points in time in my life. At first, it was really journaling. It was tapping into the mystery of my own life into the 
synchronicities and um, my own little internal problems, issues, challenges, just really getting it out on the page. Then later on in life, it shifted into more of like an article space. I wanted to inform people. I wanted to share my own experiences that were truly profound for me and life-changing. So it was all about how can I present this in a way that's um, digestible for people, that they can learn something and take away something from my own wisdom. And now, as I, as I let go of agenda, of what it needs to look like or feel like or sound like, what wants to come through me is really poetry. And I find it really easy and uh, really enjoyable. I just let go, pull out paper and a pen, and it just comes through me. And, and it's like, literally, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to do anything for it. It's just there, always available for me, coming through me. Um, so uh, poetry is... Uh, is my latest guest. Nice. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's so easy at this moment for you? <sighs> I've, um, in the last few months especially, I've really been practicing the art of letting go and surrender and really getting present to what is in this moment and really getting honest with what is in this moment and letting go of what it needs to look like, uh, what it should look like, and really not even being aware of any audience, not being aware of any particular message that needs to be spoken, just allowing whatever wants to come through to move through me. Um, and so I think that the poetry, because it's such a feminine, sensual, surrender-like space, that it's truly a reflection of where I'm at in my own journey right now. Where, where are you at in your own journey right now? <laughs> right now, it's really about letting go each moment and just resting in the beauty of this moment, resting in the presence and awareness and openness of this moment and really listening and really hearing what um, the world, what the universe, what this mystery of life wants to speak through me. And that is my primary objective, primary practice in my life. And so poetry is a reflection of that because when I let go and I surrender, it just washes through me. And it's always available right here in this moment right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that you, so it sounds like that the space that you come from is really important to you mm -hmm. and as you write. And so what are some of the things that you do to ensure that you have that space? Um, let's say, let's call them rituals maybe or habits or what, how do you, how do you get yourself there or mm -hmm. does that just happen naturally? Yeah, I can respond to that question on many levels and dimensions from like the physical to the ethereal. Um, but what I would say first primary ritual is relaxation into this moment. So what that means to me is that I, I relax my mind, I relax the back of my head, my forehead, my neck, my chest, my belly, my legs, and I let myself root down and bring all of my energy down and fill up my entire body. And then I simply open the spacious awareness and I, I open up to this moment, to what's around me. So if I'm, let's say, sitting in a garden, I will just relax and then I look up and then I see this tree and I see a little bug on the tree and all of a sudden, as I see this 
bug on a tree and how it moves. It's like the rhythm, the rhyme, the synchronicity of the moment begins to speak through me and I am beginning to uh, put words, or it's not even me, the words come through me as I receive this moment. And um, sometimes uh, it could look like just noticing there's a seed. So like, let's say I'm, I'm on a bike and I'm driving down somewhere and, and then, then this first word comes to me, there's a seed, there's a feeling that washes over me. And so I know, okay, there's a poem that's coming. So in that particular moment, I'm not doing anything. I'm just, okay, that's there. And then I hear this message. I hear a feeling inside of me that says, go to this place, sit down, pull out a piece of paper and a pen. And I just listen and I follow the guidance of, of the poem, of the, of the moment that's coming through me. Sometimes uh, could be also just getting up in the morning and doing my morning practice of morning pages. And so I just, I just sit in my garden, I pull out a blank piece of paper and a pen, and I just begin writing wh whatever is present in that moment without editing. So sometimes at first it could be like mumbo jumbo. So like, oh, I'm feeling tense. I notice this tension in my body. I notice I'm resisting. And so I would write about what is in that moment. And then very slowly, all of a sudden, something begins opening up. And then from this unconscious, just jotting down what is, what's present, something begins to open up. There's this magic that comes in like the, sec like the second minute, the fifth minute, the tenth minute. And I just continue with the writing process. And, and then the presence that speaks through me begin begins... Um, to open up even more and more and more and, and the messages that come are so deep and so profound that I am amazed and in awe of what's, what's, what's coming. So tell me a little more about your morning practice. Mm -hmm. I like that. So I think, you know, we actually, the last show too with mm -hmm. Obi, we talked about he does morning pages and mm -hmm. finds them extremely transformational. Mm -hmm. um, what is it about morning pages that really works for you? Let's say you were talking to someone who had no experience with that or hadn't read you mm. know julia cameron mm -hmm. and w can you explain that in a way that people that might mm. n have not heard of it so morning pages is uh, a practice where first thing in the morning after you get up you just pull out your journal and a pen and begin literally writing out everything that's in your awareness inside and outside whatever wants to be written come through you just write it down without editing, without changing it in the process, just sitting there and writing. I am, I'm no, I have nothing to say. I am, I am exhausted. I'm confused. I'm tired. I don't want to be saying anything. And you continue writing whatever's present for you until you fill up three pages. And when three pages are complete, you know that, okay, my morning pages practice is complete now. But what I find in, in the practice is that at first... You know, there's these superfluous artificial noticings that are present. And then as I continue to let go and relax and just really not judge, not edit, not stop the flow, the messages that keep coming are be are becoming deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. And so I just really relax and let it come as it is. Yeah. So it's kind of like a practice of writing to discover what's underneath. It's sort of like a conversation would be, you know, but it's like a conversation with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 for me, it's more about opening the spaces in of, of my awareness, opening my mind, opening my body. 
it's kind of like a meditation where I just simply write down what is. And, and it's for no reason, for no purpose, for no agenda. There's nowhere I need to get with it. It's just write down what's present f- and fill up three pages. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What have you noticed when... Uh, so let's take some examples of maybe days where you create poetry that you're really in love with. You find like, oh, this was great, great day. And then maybe some days that you write some stuff that's like well, this is all right. Or maybe it doesn't come out at all. Or what do you feel like the differences are between those days? Or what do you notice in the creation of mm. stuff that you're in love with versus stuff that's mm. just okay? Hmm. I notice that the quality of um, my writing and my poems is really parallel uh, to my ability to let go. So the more I can let go and relax and, and like I already said, really have no agenda whatsoever. There's no should. It doesn't need to sound a certain way. It's not for anybody else. The more the magic of the moment unfolds. And so um, sometimes even, you know, from a place of tension, from a place of pain and from a place of suffering where I'm angry at the world, I'm rageful, like that could be a great entry point. So what I will write about is like literally about what is in that moment. Um, and the energy of the rage, the energy of the anger, the energy of suffering will will come out onto the page. And, um, and it's like literally just what is in that moment. And that would be great. Um, at other times it could be hmm, that uh, I'm getting distracted by my own agenda of give you something <laughs> to, to give you something good. Nice. Uh, so I'm, I'm noticing even in too, this so. moment, flow is beginning to um, like slow down and it's getting more and more narrow as I'm wanting to give you a specific answer. So I'm just going to let go of that. Oh, nice. Yeah. But that's exactly <laughs> what happens when we write. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful metaphor. Like, not even a metaphor it's actually what's happening mm-hmm. you know is that we get we we want to deliver something mm-hmm. but that's not what helps us mm-hmm. actually get into a space of of at least delivering something great i feel like so i just realized now where my flow got stopped because um i listened i was listening to the truth of that that was coming from you and you made a distinction, great writing, not so great writing. And then I realized that where I lied and what stopped my flow is in believing what you said. Because uh-huh. to me, I don't experience my writing as great or not great. Like everything that comes out of me is beautiful and profound and riveting. And I actually, I don't think that I write stuff that's not great. I don't relate to it. And so I see that where I listen to your truth instead of staying in my own truth, that's what blocked my flow. And so once again, it's this reminder, listen to what's true for you, for me in this moment right now. I love that. Yeah. So tell me more about that. And I think that's actually a a really nice way to to relate to writing in terms of, um, yeah, there's not a, there's not like a, this is great, this sucks, um, because it's all for a purpose in that way too. It's not, you know if we're really just writing for us, mm-hmm. then how are we supposed to know whether something that is not well received wasn't perfect for what needed to happen for us it really has nothing to do with other people. So 
Uh, tell me more about that. That's really nice. I like that you made that distinction. And again, what works for me is, you know, having no purpose whatsoever. I find that whenever I put, um, I put any should on my writing, it just blocks it. So let's say I am, I am to write uh, what some people call a sales page for an event that we're putting on. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh my God, okay, let's sit down and write a sales page. Then I notice that what my writing does is in that moment it teaches me to let go of the agenda. So I will spend, let's say, 10 minutes just writing on what is, that I'm blocking the flow, I'm stopping the flow. And you know what comes to mind right now is a poem that I, I wrote a few months ago, which was, stop forcing my child, stop forcing this web of life, believing that it needs to give you what you believe you want. And it was really, really beautiful because I realized that I was forcing, forcing life to give me what I wanted. But instead, if I let go of what I believe I want, what I believe I should give to the world, it just naturally starts coming. So in that particular moment, I let go completely of any notion that I need to write anything for the sales page. And I just like let go and I started playing with it. It's like playing with colors on a white canvas. And as I began playing, all of a sudden this, this, poems started coming about falling in love and th- that's what the event was about but I just wrote about my experience of what what this event feels like to me what's like I began seeing the scene of the trees and the meadow and the pools and people playing and and me being in love with the moment and out of that I began writing writing this beautiful piece about wow imagine if you can fall in love with people, strangers, if you can fall in love with the trees and the birds and the wind and and the water and this moment and the mystery. And then out of that letting go, just this beautiful writing came through me and I filled up, I think, a page or two. It was beautiful and it was perfect and it actually came from me not needing to deliver from this just big, wide, open space of whatever comes is beautiful, whatever comes is profound and riveting and just allowing that to to guide me. And even, you know, as I'm sitting here with you and hearing your questions, there's this, what it feels like in my body is this pressure from behind my back that wants to um, inform what I'm supposed to say to give you a good answer so that people are satisfied. Is it is it something innovative? Is it something new that people haven't heard before? And that agenda of like, I need to give you something is already blocking me and stopping me from actually really listening and really slowing down even more and to hear the energy behind the words and to hear the words behind the words and just going deeper and deeper into my own body, my own self. I'm still I'm still kind of like on a surfacey level with you. So I keep allowing myself to just keep dropping all agendas, all shoulds and, and, and whatever I believe you want from me. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. What question could I ask you that would take this conversation deeper? Mm. The question that came, that I heard, was what's the truth of this moment? Hmm. Which is the question that opens up the floodgates of creativity for me, always sitting down and what's the truth of this moment? So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. 
What is the truth of this moment for you? I'm sitting on the chair, relaxed, tailbone contracted, feet shaking, hands cold and sweaty. There's a man to my right asking questions, wanting things from me. Oh, what do I give you? Oh, what can I give you? Let go, let go, let go. Hmm. What about this moment? (laughs) (laughs) There's a joy sparkling in my heart. There's a joy that comes up my spine. Hearing the question opening to the next moment in time. What does writing poetry do for you? (sighs) To me, poetry is a way of accessing reality, accessing the wisdom, the truth, the magic of this moment. It allows for me to let go of my human understanding of norms of boxes and completely let go and fall it's like i I see this image of falling into um a vortex of this incredible mystery that i know nothing about and it allows for me to completely forget about (coughs) what i've been conditioned to believe i need to do i should do what my life should look like Uh, what I should do with my time, how much money I should make. And it's just really letting go of all those artificial notions about life, about society, about myself, and suspending all beliefs and allowing myself to fall even deeper and deeper into the mystery and discover what comes out of that through me, into me. Um, and is really being in awe of this moment, in awe of life, in awe of the being that I am, in awe of words and nature and the universe, and um, letting myself be completely taken by by the love of this moment, openness of this moment, and the magic of this moment. Mm. That's really wonderful. Mm. So... What are some of your fears as a writer? What would you say your biggest fear is Mm. as a writer? Honestly, my biggest fear is that I, I won't hear the truth, that I will stay comfortable, I'll stay safe, and just hear the superfluous on the surface experiences and sensations and words and feelings of the moment that I won't it's not that I won't allow myself to drop deeper is that I will be in my own way of just really dropping deep 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 down and really hearing the deeper impulse of life that moves through me the deeper impulse of the mystery teaching me like I said I feel like poems just reveal these codes these mysteries these secrets to me about life about this moment about nature of reality about existence and so if i'm in my own way if i 
if I block or limit or box myself into I need to say this or that, it needs to happen by this time or they need to hear this or that from me, that literally the energy in my body, the, the, the awareness just gets really identified and really small. It's like the difference between being as vast and open as the night sky or the universe itself and blocking the blocking that flow and actually becoming this tiny little vortex that's just right here in this room talking to you from this personal little small self and and not speak to what's actually deeply true in the undercurrent of everything that's happening so the fear is that I'll you know I'll I'll collapse into the small self and, and say things that are really redundant, uh, really um, unreal. And I always want to come back to that deeper truth, always want to open up as big as possible that I can hear the universe itself speaking to me and through me. Hmm. Nice. <sighs> Thank you so, for asking. Yeah. Thanks for answering. Mm. What turns you on creatively? The one and only thing that turns <laughs> me on the most is making love. And so when I can, I can drop into the awareness of this moment and making love to this moment as it is, I always find that there's um, magic and wonder there and sensational pleasant explosions of experiences and so whatever it is in this moment i make love to it so let's say I, I actually remember this poem i wrote the other day about silence and i was in a conversation with friends in the living room you were there too and then i was noticing this nudge this like pulling of silence and I was noticing I really, I have no, I just have, like, I don't have any desire to be here and be in this conversation. And silence was telling me, just go quiet, be quiet, go into your room. So I went into my room and I sat down and I opened up my laptop at that point. And, and all that came was this sentence, silence, you are the greatest lover because in that moment, what was occurring for me was that silence was my greatest lover in that moment. It was not my partner. It was not my friends. It was not, you know, dancing. It was just being in silence was the greatest lover. So if I follow the thread of what am I making love to now? Am I making love to sounds? <coughs> am I making love to nature? Am I making love to this moment in my body feeling the throbbing and pulsing in my belly or feeling the churning and warmth in my womb and my yoni I go there to what turns me on what opens me the most to love and what I make love to in that moment yeah, that's beautiful <laughs> I said that after every question I think um, what turns you off creatively mm. along the lines of what I've already mentioned is any sense of um, limitation or box or contraction so what that so I just follow I, I really it's like like a following of openness versus contraction in my body ease in my body or 
tension in my body. However, it's not always true because sometimes tension is the very opening to um, to the turn on. Um, but I would say that any sense of I need to do this, I should do this, I'm supposed to do this, um, I need to deliver. If there's any sense of pressure on performance or it needs to sound good or it needs to be profound, if there's an energy of that in my body that feels like a... Um, deadening like contraction identification inside and it feels like very egoic and small uh, inside my body and so whenever i I, f I feel that that's like a like a turn off so what i would do is like go through that loophole and express that write about it until it opens up again and until the vortex widens again and then i can speak to uh larger experiences um any, I would say, like, intellectual conversations, like, on the mind level, if I hear two people talk about information and I ideas that are completely uh, not connected to that deeper sense awareness in the body that shuts me off, and then I can't access the mystery of this moment. Um, sometimes um, it will be like loud noises and chaos, if there's a lot happening around me, people talking, someone cooking, there's loud music, there's cars driving by. If I, if I really want to access the mystery of the moment, that can distract me, and so that's a turn off. So then I would like go outside and be in nature again. Um, but in general, what's really more true for me is that uh, I don't even experience the world that way, like what turns me off. I don't it's not a part of my reality. What's more true for me is that anything can turn me on if I just surrender to it, let go and open to it. So even like all the experiences that I mentioned already, these are the very gateways to the turn on and opening. So just starting with what's true, I'm tense, overwhelmed, angry, get the fuck away from me. Just even those words and writing them down from a place of, let's say, contraction and turn off will open the flow of existence speaking through me again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like I like what you said about using whatever is present and then going through it to discover what's next. Not mm -hmm. not not going around it. Mm -hmm. That's something that I want to talk about mm -hmm. too because it's something that I think you do extremely well. Obviously, getting to observe mm -hmm. you every day. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also something that, that is really indicative of your writing and your poetry because you're able to use writing mm -hmm. sometimes to go, mm -hmm. to go through what you do. Sometimes mm -hmm. you, you do other things. Mm -hmm. um, talk about, I, I'd love you to talk about what it's like to, I guess what I see is I see that you use, you, you have it that everything is okay Mm. And then the poetry mm. can express whatever is mm. going on. It's mm. not that you you write about whatever is going on for mm. you. And I love that. Mm. Um, and then it's mm. very cathartic. Mm -hmm. Can you say more about that? Yeah, I, I love what you said. Everything that's present, it's an inspiration for writing. <coughs> In fact, I just remembered um, there was this one moment in time when I was sitting in my room and I was feeling very dissatisfied and very unmet and 
and very lonely and like yearning and longing for you and being really upset and and like really I really wanted to make love to you in that moment and then I just let myself really feel that and I pulled out my laptop and I said writing about it and uh what came were actually a few poems that I'd like to read to you and I think it's really beautiful that out of this dissatisfaction of the moment create this beautiful opening and so sure I'm, I'm just going to give a little preface so because I was so dissatisfied with my lover I saw writing as my next best lover because writing you're always there and so I wrote this writing my next best lover always here ready to go to burn to plunge into the vast sea of pleasure. So when you when you see like what I felt was I'm not met, and then I realize wow when I write I'm always met. Like I can always move through whatever resistance, whatever dissatisfaction that I feel. I just pull out a piece of paper and I write. And then and then I was still feeling sad. I was I really wanted to feel met. And so I wrote wrote this other poem. Sad, so sad, oh sad little girl, who didn't get enough of ecstasy. Longing, yearning, waiting for the heavens to open, the gates to unlock, so she could plunge into God again and again and more. And so in that moment, the sadness was the very gateway to write something that I, I'm just like, I absolutely love. It's, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And there's a sense of, I think there's a sense of usefulness when you, that's a very <laughs> kind of shallow masculine word, but there's a sense that like, oh, that was really useful. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm glad that happened mm -hmm. because I got to make art, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like what I, what I love about um, life and the creative process and writing and just like even life's experiences is that anything that happens in this moment is an inspiration for art. And uh, another example comes to mind. I remember we were arguing um, and then I wrote, I wrote this poem down. I don't remember it exactly in this moment, but it was like, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to destroy or make art? And in that moment, I realized that this feeling of rage and anger and injustice and just wanting to hurt you, that in that moment, it was an inspiration. It was like a gateway just opened and I'm feeling this raw power in my body, this like energy surging through me and what I want to do is destroy. I wanted to, like, I really wanted to destroy him. And in that moment, this inquiry came in. I could hear it behind the experience that said, okay, do you want to destroy or do you want to make art? And then I pulled up my laptop again. I just used that very experience to make art. And I was writing and writing and writing. Couldn't stop, couldn't keep up. It was really potent and um, really powerful. Mm -hmm. So anything that you're present to could be the very gateway to, to your next poem, to your next article. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who are some, mm. well, maybe not who, but like what are some of your influences? Mm. And, it, and I don't necessarily mean like other writers or authors. Mm -hmm. It could have been the monkeys at mm -hmm. outside here. But what influences your, your writing? Mm, and thank you for adding that because as you even asked about influences I immediately notice uh, kind of a dampening of my energy and, and was noticing that like oh I don't really I can't give you names because I don't really well actually that's not true maybe Rumi 
Rumi has been the human influence, but I'd say that my my muses, my allies in poetry and creativity are first always this moment, what's true in this moment. It's nature. So when I sit outside on a chair and I look around, it's like literally I begin to notice these little details all around me. So like uh, let's just say I start I start noticing a tree and then I see a leaf that moves in a particular way. And even that movement of that leaf will inspire something. And then so like let's say I'll write a line of about movement. And then my attention goes somewhere else and I look at the grass and and I see an ant carrying something. And then from in that moment out the ant will become the next sentence. And there's something in the way she carries her load and her strife and, and work and commitment will will inform the next sentence. And then all of a sudden my intention goes somewhere else. And then so I notice that there's just so much that's present um, in this moment right now. If I just open my eyes, open my ears, open my body, open open to the energy flow inside of me, that it's like my awareness knows where to go, how to listen, how to be present. And it will really inform the poem. It's like this moment itself has words and it speaks through me. Um, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so I'll ask you the last question um, mm -hmm. if you were going to write a note to yourself mm -hmm. and send it back in time mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. would you send it to yourself mm -hmm. maybe even a moment or an age or whatever mm -hmm. and then what would you write on that note if you could just pass back any wisdom to yourself any mm -hmm. point in, in your life and and more in the context of of the writing and mm -hmm. the art mm -hmm. but not necessarily totally limited <sighs> to that what would you say mm -hmm. yeah immediately what comes to mind is number five when i was five years old and i was very very creative at that time i would paint and write and dance and sing and dress up and do these art performances for myself just on my own you know being a single child i would be the actor the producer and the audience and um at some point in time i think i was um in a hospital i was sick, and i painted something actually i drew i drew horses in a meadow and i remember being so proud of myself and i was so excited and so happy and a teacher who was um, leading the art class in the hospital said something about how it wasn't accurate. There was something about that it's not accurate, that it doesn't really look this way. And I remember the shutdown that happened and I kind of collapsed. Um, and then actually I stopped painting since then. And, and then on and on, um, as years progressed, I stopped being uh, as creative as in the flow. So what I would mm -hmm. want to do is I'd want to send a note to that girl when she's sitting at the desk and she um, she just shared this picture with her teacher and the teacher said that and I would slip in a note that says, honey, you're beautiful, you're wonderful. What you create is incredible. 
remember that, keep that. Make art, make art. Don't sell out, make art. Do what you're good at. Keep going, keep going, never stop. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, the, there's so many of these interviews where people refer back to really formative experience like experiences that had a huge impact on their life mm -hmm. usually around age five six you know mm -hmm. that there is this there's this really tender age mm -hmm. especially in art mm -hmm. um i loved that you know allison crow's story about mm -hmm. about uh, she was five or six and then a friend of hers a friend of her dad's i think mm -hmm. was an artist mm -hmm. and he he praised her for her painting and then mm. asked if I think he maybe bought it or something mm -hmm. or something and and then he he framed it and put it in his studio mm. and then wrote and then said you're an artist mm. and she was like no mm. I'm not and he's like yeah you're mm. an artist mm. and he like mm. framed it and then just and then he, he wrote a I think a really sweet note on the back of it or something and it, it's just like that you know so often there are the mm. negative experiences you mm. know so often it's the people saying hey uh, could you keep mm. it down like your mm -hmm. your singing is terrible or mm. something or whatever and it's just mm. so beautiful um mm. but it's also yeah it's just mm. a experiences that shape us you know it's mm -hmm. a very very human thing mm. and and you know everybody's doing the best they can in terms of mm. helping us when they were that age but mm -hmm. yeah it's really interesting yeah, it's like we forget as adults the magic and the wonder and the beauty of life and innocence and and kids are really in touch with that. And um, yeah, what I want to say is that I remember when I listened to the podcast with, with Allison, hearing that he did that for her made me cry. I was uh, I was sitting on the back of a motor motorcycle, bicycle, with, with Dave and I was listening to that podcast and it literally sent shivers up my spine and I was crying and it was like that five-year-old showed up again, so sad. And the man who offered that frame was like the gift that I got to receive in that moment. It was like something just got complete and, and healed for me in my own body that, wow, there are people who support and encourage and um see the beauty and see the innocence of it and so i i wish that for the world i wish that all kids have someone in their life who can really encourage and support that creativity and to just keep going and keep trusting just keep keep trusting the innocence and keep trusting the the magic and the wonder that guides you every day as you play as you as you talk to strangers and you know parents saying don't talk to strangers but just keep trusting your own your own wisdom coming from inside of you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thanks for being on my show baby yeah you're, you're the welcome. best thanks for inviting me mm -hmm. truly a privilege yeah, yeah. means the world mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so thanks for listening to the show I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did for other podcasts, there's two other ones that I would recommend if you enjoyed this one. The first one we referenced in the show, and it's with Allison Crow, and that's episode 15. And you go to darkonthepage.com slash 015. Uh, Allison is a painter, and just share some beautiful stories, you know, one of the ones we referenced in the podcast. 
and also uh, episode 21 with uh, Brooking Gatewood and Henry Jack, uh, two poets. Um, Brooking and Paula are actually very good friends and share poetry a lot, and they have a very similar way of thinking about poetry. And so if you want to hear more from them, darkonthepage.com slash 021, and I hope you'll enjoy that episode as well. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, share this with your friends, and hit find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash darken the page and thanks for listening so go make your art